we're going to go to cricket. Australia have secured an away Ashes victory for the first time in 18 years. Yesterday morning, they completed a 185-run win over England in the fourth test at Old Trafford. Unassailable 2-1 series lead with one game to play. Obviously, England can draw the series. Um, And actually, if they do that, stop Australia recording a series win in England for the first time since 2001. But Australia retained the urn regardless because they had it and will keep it. Uh, Unchanged side for England. They haven't drafted in new players. The same 11 that lost at Old Trafford plus Sam Curran and Chris Wokes have been kept on for the fifth and final test, which starts on Thursday night, I believe. Thursday night at the Oval in London. George Dobell is senior correspondent at ESPN Crick Info. He has written an excellent thought-provoking piece titled England are not as good as they think they are. I really enjoyed the read. George Dobell is with us. George, are England at something of a crossroads when it comes to their their red ball game, their, their test cricket at the moment? Yeah, I think they probably are, you know. I think they probably are. I think that's uh, quite well put. I think they've got to decide whether they're going to play old-fashioned test cricket, which is probably what Steve Smith has shown them is successful in the Ashes, or whether they're going to continue to try and bat with the equivalent of a get-rich-quick scheme mentality and just try and thrash runs as quickly as possible like they play their white ball cricket very successfully. Um, but it's a different game, isn't it? And I think they've probably learned that you can't apply the same mentality to both formats. Do the players in the current England Test side have it within themselves to do the second of those, uh, sorry, the first of those two things, to, to bat <laughs> like Test match batsmen? No, I don't think, well, some of them do, clearly. I mean, Joe Root does and Ben Stokes does. But uh, I don't think lots of them do. I mean, the, the ridiculous thing is, England have chosen Jason Roy to open their batter recently, a man who doesn't do it at county level and has never in his career batted for more than, he hasn't even batted two sessions in his career, which is, um, it, it's a very, very odd selection. Equally, Joe Denley doesn't open the batting for his county. Um, you've got another guy like Ollie Pope was a number six for Surrey, suddenly asked to come in number four for England. So, I mean, they're good players, but they're just being chosen to do completely the wrong job. I think I've compared it in the past to, you know, going into your butcher and asking for a haircut. They could be an excellent butcher, but they're not necessarily the fellow you want with scissors around your ears, are they? No, no. So do they, I mean, are there the uh, the barbers, the hairdressers coming through to replace <laughs> the butchers? Uh, are there players who could step into the Red Bull side? I think there aren't as many as there were, but there are some. So, I mean, I'm sure this is the case in New Zealand as well. But the mentality of young players is, generally, they want to play white ball cricket. They want to play T20 cricket. They want to show those amazing shots and get on with it. And that's where the money is. That's where the glamour is. And you can't blame them for that. So there aren't as many options as perhaps there once were. But actually, yeah, there are. There are some really, really good, old-fashioned young players who I think could do a job. But I think the current England management has probably been... Uh, encouraging the wrong skills for Test cricket and trying to keep the same squad that's very successful in the white ball game together. And actually, England play, they play so much. They, their schedule is relentless. They're pretty much always in hotel rooms. So they wouldn't do any harm at all to have a lot uh, more specialisation between both formats and roles and allow people to have some time off. 
Was there too much focus by England this year, George, on the 50-over World Cup? Oh, I don't know if there was too much. It was the main priority. There's no doubt about that. Look, England has never won the World Cup, so it was a really, really big deal to them. And good on them. They, they won it. They, that that's, that, that uh, was achieved brilliantly, so that's fair enough. But I think with the resources that English cricket has, they should be able to concentrate on two or three different things at the same time, shouldn't they? I mean, I... I <laughs> They have every resource available to them. They have a huge number of players playing professionally. I don't think it's too much to ask for them to be competitive in test cricket and white ball cricket at the same time. Uh, but I think the issue was they kept the same squad together uh, on the theory that they had a great feel-good factor and great spirits, which is probably true. But they're different skills, as I said. They're different skills, and I also think weariness has played its part. Some might say that without Steve Smith's stupendous form, the Ashes would have been a lot closer. Is that in any way valid? Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course it is. Yeah, he's brilliant. But, you know, if you take one player out, I mean, if, 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 if um, Pete Sampras hadn't existed, Tim Hedman probably would have won Wimbledon five times. I mean, the, the, the fact is there are other players um, uh, in the world. And, and yes, Steve Smith has probably been, well, he has. He's been the difference between the sides. But he does exist, and he is brilliant, and England didn't find any answer to him. And to be fair, it wasn't just Smith. That, uh, those two main seamers Australia have, Hazelwood and Cummins, I mean, they are terrific. They are absolutely outstandingly top class. And it's not just that they're very fine bowlers. It's that they seem able to keep going all day, really. They're extremely strong and fit and skillful. And they've probably been better than anything England have as well. So while England have some good bowlers, there, there are weak areas in that attack as well. And there's not really been any let-up from Australia. So, yep, Steve Smith's been the key player, no doubt about it. But I think they've just been the better side. And England should acknowledge that uh, rather than sort of being in denial and sort of counting themselves unlucky to come up against a really special player in fantastic form. Australia have been the better side. Well done to them. How much pressure is England captain Joe Root under to, to remain as test captain? Not as much as he should be, actually, uh, in my view, because there aren't a lot of uh, rival candidates for the role. I think there's a lot of goodwill towards Joe. Uh, you know, he's an, a hugely likeable fellow. He's clearly a very good batsman. His heart's in the right place. There's nothing nasty about him. But we knew when he was appointed that he would have to grow into the role, and he still gets off the demeanour of the little boy who, if he does really well, gets 50, might be allowed to stay up late and watch Doctor Who, you know? <laughs> he, he just hasn't really grown into it. And um, I thought he was making excuses after yesterday's defeat. Um, and I thought he should have acknowledged that, you know, they hadn't been good enough. But look, the key thing is, his primary role is to score runs. Now, before he was captain, he was averaging 52. And as captain, he's averaging 40. Now, England can't really afford to be dropping those runs. The, the problem is, who, who replaces him? Now, I'm a big fan of Ben Stokes, and I think Ben Stokes could do that job. I think he's the natural leader of the side anyway. But, um, you know, how much do you want to put on Ben Stokes' plate? He's already arguably the best batsman in the side, certainly the best all-rounder, clearly the best fielder, not far from being the best swing bowler. So, you know, what more could you ask of him? But I, I think he would... Uh, be a decent candidate, but I'm not sure that the rest of English cricket is quite ready to accept that. Just finally then, George, what do you expect in uh, Test Match number 5 at the Oval later this week? 
Well, I don't really see any reason why Australia wouldn't carry on being the better side. I, I think the pitch is going to be quite flat again, which suits them. Um, because, to be honest, uh, England need a bit of help from green-seeming pitches to be able to compete, really. And, um, again, they've looked to use those to obscure problems that they have within their game. So I, I don't see any particular reason why Jason Roy would suddenly become a test batsman, why Joss Butler would suddenly start to score runs, while Joe Denley would suddenly look as if he were up to it. Why would they? Um, you know, it wouldn't be this wonderful, uh, entertaining game that we enjoy if we could predict what was going to happen every day, of course. But I do think Australia are the better side, and I would expect them to continue being, I'm afraid, much as it hurts to say it. <laughs> I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, George. Thanks so much for taking the time. Pleasure any time, eh?